Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A That's Not Gunner Productions podcast. And welcome to another midweek guest episode of Oof! Right in the Childhood. Today, I'm joined by Mixie from the Lady Mouth Podcast. Mixie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jen. I'm very happy to be here and talk uh, Sleeping Beauty with you. I am so happy you're here, too. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I am Mixie Plum. That's my professional name. I know that's a little weird for a professional name, but I am a children's writer, so I think it's okay. Um, I am also a horror writer. While I'm also just a write, I like writing stories. My podcast, Lady Mouth, is um, I call it a few things: a healing platform for women to just let it all out, whatever they want to talk about. Um, usually, when I get a guest, I'll say, "I what is what are you most passionate about?" And then you know we figure it out from there. I consider it a healing feminist space, but. Everyone is accepted, obviously. I also have Freak Out Horror. Um, my co-host, Doc Raven, and I, we, once a month, we, one of us reads a horror story that the other has written, and then we discuss that writing, and we discuss horror in general. Then I have a new venture. I think you know a little bit about it, Jen. Yeah, I was about to mention that. So Mixie is going to embark on a brave new adventure with me in 2021. We are both huge Star Trek fans. And if you look right now, you can find the promo for our brand new podcast, Live Long and Prosper with an H-E-R. It's live on a ton of podcatchers. Uh, and we're going to explore the world of Star Trek from a woman's perspective. And we're going to do it together. So we thought that we would release an episode of Oof! Right in the Childhood together so that you could hear us talk and get to know how we're going to work. And uh, so if you like what you hear today, head to that podcast linked in the show notes and subscribe. And then you can get our very first episode when it comes out next year. Yay! I can't wait. I'm so excited. I am too. Um, we both were kind of raised on Star Trek. Uh, our dads are in love with Star Trek and we've kind <laughs> of learned how to um, be humans from Star Trek, uh, which kind of seems ironic to those who don't 
love it. So uh, we are saying that uh, Live Long and Prosper is for anyone who's ever heard of Star Trek because we're going to explore it inside and out. And we hope to not only bring it to people who love it, but people who um, haven't loved it yet and, and introduce you to it. That was beautiful, Jen. <laughs> I loved it. But uh, today we are not talking about Star Trek. In fact, we are talking no. about something that is so far away from Star Trek. It's not even kind of related. We're going to talk about Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> Did Walt Disney like Star Trek? I wonder. You know, I think Walt, I think Walt died before Star Trek really got its wings because Star Trek uh, came out in 65, right? Yeah. About and and Walt died in 67. Um, uh, and so I don't know that I've ever heard of him um, like loving Star Trek, but I've, I, I have this personal theory that Walt Disney Productions is the reason that Star Trek exists. Um, oh, and that's we'll talk about that. Then. Yeah. Um, so the short version is uh, when they pulled out of the RKO distributions company is when RKO's uh, profits plummeted and then uh, Desi Lu was able to purchase RKO and turn it into Desi Lu Productions, which then purchased Star Trek. Yes. Excellent. So, we'll talk more <laughs> in depth about that because I'm all about the intersectionality of everything. Yes. I love it. Awesome. Let's talk Sleeping Beauty because it really, it's probably my favorite Disney. I, I don't know. It's so hard to say what is your favorite Disney movie. Because it was my favorite Disney movie until I turned 11 and Little Mermaid came out. And then Aladdin was my favorite Disney movie. And But uh, there's also Sword in the Stone and Robin Hood and Black Cauldron. So all just amazing. Like, I think that's my favorite thing about doing this podcast is getting to relive how amazing these movies are because I'm not a person that can pick favorites. I'm always like, oh, but picking a favorite seems so unfair to all of the other things in that, you know, <laughs> category. But uh, like, it's like, why, why would I pick a favorite type of food when there's always so much other food? I'm like the perfect Hufflepuff. That's, that's who I am right there. You're adorable. I call myself a raven puff, but I don't say that anymore, actually. But yeah. I always thought I was uh, very dark, smart, and very relaxed and chill and loyal at the same time. Yeah, I mean, apart from the fact that J.K. Rowling is trash, um, yes. the, the, the fact that, like, I love, I, I still love you. the concept of Harry Potter. Um, all my Ravenclaw friends call me a Hufflepuff. All my Hufflepuff people call me a Ravenclaw. So, you know, I'm somewhere in between. <laughs> See, that's I have I charts and maps to explain why I'm a Hufflepuff. Uh, so I'm, yeah. and that's a very Ravenclaw thing to do. Yeah, I'm a Huffleclaw. That's what I call it. Huffleclaw. Oh, that's mm -hmm. cute. I, because I always say Ravenpuff, like I've said just two seconds ago. Yeah. Sorry. So, like, people who are Ravenpuffs are like stronger on the Ravenclaw side, and people who are Huffleclaws uh -huh. are stronger on the Hufflepuff side. But you oh, know, I like that. Kind of the same thing. Okay. Oh, I do like that. Awesome. But anyway. again, not that we're going to get sidetracked all the time. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell me about when you remember, what's your earliest memory of Sleeping Beauty? Oh, oh, that's, that's, it's very early. I, I, I probably should have looked this up, but when did it come in the theaters in the early 80s? Because oh, I, I remember that. it probably age three or four, I'm guessing. It was released. 
It was released into theaters in 1970, 79, um, yeah. So I guess that was my earliest. I thought it was a little earlier. Um, but I remember, I still have it in my room, a little wooden plaque with a pla- you know, resin over it. And it was just the scene of Aurora in um, just sitting by the lake with her animal friends all alone. No fairies, no Prince Richard or whatever his name is. Philip. Philip, that's it. It's the only it's the first prince with a name. Yes. I I knew that and I forgot his name, of course. But he's so inconsequential to the rest of the movie. Like Please, I, I he does way more than every other prince up to his point, though. Like, think about it. Yeah, I know. He's like Prince great. Charming Char- Prince Charming could have been replaced with a cardboard cutout of Prince Charming, and the movie would not have changed in, in Cinderella at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I never liked Cinderella, and I just listened to your Cinderella episode this morning, and I was like, I, I mean, I knew a lot. I I have the original fairy tales because I'm that kind of book mm-hmm. nerd. Um, and you know, one of her old names was Ashy Paddles. Did you know that? No, the Ashy Paddles. Oh my God, Ashy Paddles. Yeah, it's because of the ashes in the chimney. That's right. How they made fun of her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I knew that's where they got Cinderella because she was the girl who slept in the cinders or cinder wench. Yeah. As the, I guess the jerkier stepsister called her. Yeah, yeah. I always thought Ashy Paddles was cute. Like, and I don't I, I don't know why. I just never liked Cinderella. Like, I was like, this is all right. I like the mice and I like the magic, even though I just learned from you that making a dress that fast is, was commonplace in that time period. I didn't say that fast. I said that's how it would be done. Oh, okay. How it would be done. Well, but that dress was already made. They were just making alterations to it. So, I mean, that was completely able to be done. They didn't make a dress from nothing. They just kind of like tucked a thing up and put a bead here. And so that could be done a lot faster than making a whole dress. Oh, okay. Well, I tangented it again. What was the original it's all good. question? That's, uh, no, I was just asking. You answered it. Uh, when do you remember? Like, I was asking about your earliest memories oh. of this film. And, and like, how do you remember it making you feel? Oh, and that's what I was going to say. It's because of this plaque that I my parents had in my room. I loved it so much. I also have was raised on Tchaikovsky. And he is my favorite composer. I mean, it's hard because there's also Grieg. And, you know, Mazorsky. There's but, um, op- there's options there is what we're hearing. Yeah, yeah. And they've all been in Fantasia. <laughs> but anyway, I was raised early on classical music. And um, I love that they put the Sleeping Beauty waltz for Aurora. And she, it was hers alone. Mm-hmm. And I always sang it too. And my, my feeling of her was she was very independent. At a young age, I didn't know what independent was, but she's, you know, just that plaque was always a source for me to look at and feel confident and independent. And that's she really is like, I am my own person. Um, And I think that's because she got raised as a peasant kind of thing. Like they just took her out of the castle and like 
threw her in the woods and we're like, good luck with this. Uh, so that definitely helps breed a sense of of independence and like she had to make her own friends because she'd never met anyone but but the fairies that she didn't know were pa- fairies and um, yeah she definitely is yeah a, she was like um, proto Merida yeah and I I, I do kind of see that stepping stone of looking at these fairy tales like you have you start out with Snow White and she's just like. This is fine. I'm going to clean a house. Oh, the trees and the beds and the dwarves. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to clean this house <laughs> and like feed either. these strange men. And I'm going to sing down a well and hope for love. And then yeah, you get to Cinderella, yeah. uh, who is sarcastic and like, oh, these are the worst people. But, you know, I've got a place to live. Um, and But she's still like, uh, Tim Hall and I talk uh, talked a little bit about how really sure that cinderella was ever in love with prince charming but it seemed like a lot better of an option for her than um than you know staying with her her stepmother and then you have like aurora who is just like i'm not going back to that castle i'm gonna marry that guy i met in the woods get out of my life um but then (laughs) they were like no you're not um but that's how i see that happening today is like how I see it happening today is like I'm not marrying him. I'm going to marry the stranger I met in the woods. Um, but don't. <laughs> it's like that Ariel meme I love when they're like, oh my God. "Daddy, I love him, girl. You don't even know him." But they say B word. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and when you're a mom of girls, you're it, you know going from being a girl to loving Ariel to being a mom of girls and be, agreeing with that. Nah, you know the mom. Like, nope, you don't know him. He's just a dude in a ship. Get away. I love that meme. It's like, you know, you're old when you start agreeing with Disney parents. Like, no, you can't marry him. (laughs) Well, I do. I mean, big ups to Disney for making fun of that with the whole sandwiches song in Frozen. Oh, well, yeah. And and they actually kind of make fun of it in in Sleeping Beauty. It's like one of the first jokes. They they make little mini jokes. So like in in Cinderella, he's like, oh, sire, this only happens in fairy tales. And it's like, oh, it's really cute. You're in a fairy tale and you don't know it. But for like Sleeping Beauty, I really liked that Philip looked at his dad and was like, dad, you're so old fashioned. It's the 14th century. Come on. And I was like, (laughs) I love you. Aurora is great, and my second daughter's middle name is Aurora, actually. Beautiful. And um, thank you. Um, I uh, used to sing the lullaby to both my girls I uh, because Aurora made up words. She made up Aww. words to Tchaikovsky for me, so I've always known those words ever since I learned the song. And um, uh, actually, this is a pretty sweet uh, mom daughter moment for me. My youngest daughter is uh, in the autism spectrum. So again, I, I always sang that uh, lullaby to them to go to sleep. And um, there was a woman at her school who had a who was a big Disney fan and had a uh, musical box that played that. And I didn't know that. And I brought her to school one day and she ran up right to that musical box in the main office and played it. And um, the the woman's whose it was says she does that like all the time and i'm like that's what i sang to her to go to sleep at night when she was a baby and we were all like crying you know Aww. it was so sweet 
I, I was raised on classical music too, uh, as you and I have talked about. My dad yes. was a band director. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. And I, I, I actually kind of muse in uh, Monday's episode about, I don't know if it was Sleeping Beauty or Kill the Wabbit that I really first understood <laughs> that this this is classical music that's being used in a cartoon specifically. I don't know which one it was that well, happened first for me, but I mean, both of them, you've got Wagner versus Tchaikovsky. So, I mean, I'm going to pick Tchaikovsky on the less racist spectrum, but um, yeah, both of them have yeah. great music. <laughs> I mean, you know, I am, I was raised reformed Jewish. I am not Jewish in religion anymore, but I am definitely, you know, New York Jew is a culture, you know, let's admit it. And, uh, you know, I, I, and it, we love not liking anti-Semitic artists and stuff, but, you know, I'm not giving a pass to Wagner because I know Hitler was a huge fan, but I do like the <laughs> music. Is that okay? That's okay to I like mean, kill the rabbit, right? It, it's kind of like, I think that JK Rowling is trash, but I still can quote every book of Harry Potter. So, um, yeah, you know, but, uh, I think separating I think the, the artist is modern version. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, all I was going to say is that like just separating the artist from something that you love, at, but not giving the artist a pass is is definitely uh, is definitely and it's the individual, you know, um, yeah, be educated. Like exactly. I love Dickens, but he was a gaslighter and he put his wife in a mental asylum. Because she wanted a divorce. Again, though, that's uh, hundreds of years ago, and it yeah, is. don't do that now. But um, but with J.K. Rowling, she is current trash. You know, these yeah, are past trash. trashes. They're dead trash. She's alive trash, and we can rail on her all we want. <laughs> I was gonna say, and you know, I can buy a, a Wagner uh, CD today and not have a single penny of my money go to Wagner or his descendants. And that's so much exactly. better. Yeah, I will never buy any J.K. Rowling. I only ever bought her books, and I gave them all away already, or I recycled them. Yeah, yeah. It, so it makes me sad I, because I it was such a deep part. To begin but... with. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to. I don't give up books lightly. I don't ever give up books lightly. So that was rough. Yeah, <laughs> but I gave them to Harry Potter fans. You know. Well, that's good. I mean. You know, it's hard. I, you know, and I, I just, uh, I'm yeah. not going to get off on the Harry Potter tangent. I'm just not going to do it. I don't like no, her. She's, no, don't. She don't. can jump in a river. I will tell you the one thing about Harry Potter that I like is the Philosopher's Stone. Yes, it is called the Philosopher's Stone. Please stop calling it the other name that they changed because they thought American kids were too uneducated to understand what Philosopher's Stone meant. Um. <laughs> I believe she wrote that book before she was who she was. So that book seems a bit more pure to me. And Dumbledore is my favorite character in it. And um, I will still fondly love Dumbledore in the first book. You and I can have a discussion about how much I hate Dumbledore some other time. <laughs> oh, okay. You hate him. Ooh. I hate him so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. let's go back to Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. Um, Sleeping Beauty is, I, so, I don't know what you're finding out about, what dirt you're finding out about it, but it's perfect to me, as I recall. So You know, I, I actually summed this up, and uh, it's the first episode. I've not had that oof moment. Um, there's nothing in this movie, it, and, you know, it, it tanked. 
it tanked so hard when it came out. Like because it's all feminism. Think about it. The villain is a woman. The heroine is a woman. You know, even though she's asleep for a bunch of it, she still does all these progressive things as a woman at that time. The fairy mothers. The fairies are great, but. And of course, that's the one I grew up loving the most. You know, I tell you what, as a as a former costumer, watching them make that dress is the most anxiety inducing moment of all of Disney. <laughs> I and love my, it like, when it keeps changing colors. I'm like, oh, oh no, 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 not that part. That part is our, oh. it's when it's actually no when they're trying to make the dress without magic. And, like, they cut a <laughs> hole in the middle of the fabric to make the bottom of the dress. And just like, and I'm like, oh, God. Oh, I'm going to throw up. It's so bad. <laughs> no, my my girl is always Maleficent and her crow. I mean, I mean, I, I, yeah, Maleficent has been my favorite Disney villain since the 80s. And Ursula, obviously. Ursula oh, well, you know, you know, the queens. But, like, that's, yeah. if you look at the, like, if you look at the Disney set, crow. you'll well, see the thing that. About- that is it it seems the most real magic you know yeah even for disney like a modern magic too almost like it's still like it's a little timeless i think because you can still relate to it magically if that makes sense well yeah i mean like okay so I, i i that was the one thing that as i kept watching it i was just like so maleficent's just evil and that's that's what i've been noticing about like the silver era of disney of like of this era is that like there's no reason for the evil that is involved in these stories like we look at the stepmother from uh, the stepmother from cinderella she's just the worst and we look at (laughs) hook and he's kind of just terrible um but we're gonna also give him points for he had his hand cut off by a child and uh he's allowed to be mad but he's just terrible and we get to maleficent and she's just like i'm gonna punish an infant for their parents not inviting me to a ball and then like uh my next episode is hey, on cruella Deville. they're different you don't mess with fairies the, it, this is like hardcore fairy lore to me right here because fairies, well, you don't make deals with fairies because you pay a price way greater than you think, you know? But that that's the thing. In the original, there is no deal. Like, okay, we want to retcon the Maleficent thing into the, the Angelina Jolie movies. Okay, there's a deal, and, and that makes sense. But if we're looking at the, the original cartoon and even the original fairy tale, she has no reason. Like in the in the original fairy tale, everyone no one had heard from the fair the elderly fairy for like twenty years, and they all thought she was dead, so they didn't invite her. Well, she her pride was hurt at that point. Like you didn't even know I was dead. Did any of you try to like come over and? Oh, <laughs> but I, it's it's been twenty years since someone had seen her. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would just assume you know that someone was alive. She's been holding a grudge, Jen. It's like, I'm just like a woman I, scorned, I need Jen. to know why. Like, you just didn't get invited to look at a cradle. I'm so sorry that this ruined your life somehow. And and like, because yeah, okay, if we're, gonna re- if we're gonna if we're gonna retcon why. this into like 
the whole new Maleficent things, yeah, she's got a reason. But I was just stunned when I was watching this the scene this time of like they're like calling her your excellency. And I was like, oh wait, what is going on? There is there's a backstory that no one ever told us because they're like, we don't like you, we didn't invite you, we're calling you your excellency, and we're gonna then you're gonna curse our kid. I want to take a moment to thank my supporters on Patreon. Supporters on Patreon help me cover hosting fees and upgrade my equipment while being able to choose to promote small businesses. There are a few changes this month. As of now, all supporters starting at the Whistle While I Work level, or $1 a month, get an ad-free version of every episode one day early. Fairy godmothers like Jason and Mixie at the $5 level still get a bonus episode on the first of every month. This month, I explore Mary Poppins in depth. From Walt badgering a woman for the rights she didn't want to give to possible rape culture moments, Mary Poppins is practically perfect in every way. So come over and hear everything you didn't want to know about Mary Poppins. If you'd like to become a patron, you can search the show over at Patreon, or you can follow the link in the show notes or on my website. Welcome to Live Long and Prosper. In space, women are queens. Hey, Jen, who is this podcast for? Mixie, it's for anyone. Whether they've watched every episode or none at all, we're here to talk about the history and social implications of Star Trek from a feminist point of view. The Federation is female, after all. You're so right. Twice a month, we bring you a docu-series and commentary on the women of Star Trek. How they work tirelessly to break the chains of convention and give us something to evolve toward. How women were portrayed in Trek through the ages and how that changed the world. How creators imagined different alien cultures and how they treated their women and how that reflected modern society. In short, join us to explore alien life and strange new worlds. To boldly go to the spaces these women made for us. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. have no concept of time time to us is not time to fairies that's another thing but it could have been 20 human years but how long was it in fae but in the in the original they don't they also don't make it super clear that she's a fairy that but just that she does magic yeah i i just see fairy for maleficent you know just dark fairy but i might be a little a skewed view because you know i i'm all about the fairy culture like i'll watch twilight and pretend they're fairies and it makes a lot more sense to watch twilight then just take out the word vampire guys here's the best trick to making twilight good take out the word vampire replace it with fairy and then then it's dope i i've never watched them but now i have to try it but i like don't get me wrong i adore thinking about the fae but like when i watched it the first time it was just like she's a sorceress that's it they don't say she's a fairy she's yeah. a sorceress and she's but evil she has green skin you know isn't it just and horns white? maybe she's she has a demon. horns she maybe, has maybe she's a fairy demon you never know you don't mess with the magical folk she's magical folk like the old, old English meaning of that. Did you ever see the movie Legend? Those fairies. You know? Oh, yeah. my God. That was one of the best representations of fairies in movies. 
You know, just now <laughs> you said that she has green skin and I never saw her with green skin until just now. Oh, wow. I even have the Sleeping Beauty makeup palette with the original antique colors of the whole movie. I'll I don't think she's you. a fairy. I think she is a dragon. Oh, yeah, that could be that, too. Like, now that I actually look at her, and she turns into the dragon, but I think she's, like, you know, they've got this whole concept of dragons being able to show as humans. Ooh, I like that. So dragons and fairies have are from a similar realm, too, so they probably have very similar magic. Make a ton of sense. And I think a dragon would be a lot angrier mm -hmm. if you, you know, scorned her. Yeah, and, like, so if we think about this of, like, she's a, she's a black dragon versus fairies from the good realm, they would be naturally enemies, which would explain why the fairies are like, get out, we don't want you here. Ah, it would explain see, makes why she sense. arrives in flame. Oh, yeah, that's right. Her green, her flame. Oh, my God, it all makes sense. Maleficent's a dragon, y'all. <laughs> you heard it here Yay! first. I don't care. I don't care what the Maleficent we movies show. She's not a fairy. She's a dragon. We, we put our brain pans together and answered the mystery of the universe. Okay. Speaking of mysteries well, of the of universe, I have a Ooh. question for you about the curse. And it's, it's the question about how you interpreted the curse. Okay. When was the curse supposed to happen? Oh. Well, all right. Now... <laughs> Isn't it supposed to happen on her 21st birthday? Well, first of all, 16th, but. 16th, yeah. So you. And then she. Go ahead. I thought she hit 16 and she starts to spin something and prick her finger after 16, right? right. I haven't watched it in a while. Wow, I should have. Okay, so you're on the same page that I have oh. been on. So we're going to have this talk. Okay, if, awesome. If the curse was supposed to happen on her 16th birthday, why did they have to hide her for 16 years? Oh, wow. Why did they do that? They didn't want her to find Maleficent to find her, right? But if it was only like, okay, so here's my, this is what, where my brain has been for the, my entire life that wow. I've watched Sleeping Beauty of if this was supposed to happen on her 16th birthday, why wouldn't you like hide her for a year or something like that? Or I think three maybe days. they put up spells and stuff and enchantments and fairy glamours. But there's like right? a thousand, like they talk about turning her into a flower. And I was like, you know, you could turn her into a flower for three days, the two days before her birthday, the day after, and she can't prick her finger. Or you could spirit her away to somewhere that doesn't have spinning wheels for a day instead of destroying your entire spinning guild's like life income. Like, that drove me crazy. Like they Well, yeah, they could yeah. But I think maybe so there is it's a fairy tale. But so here's the thing. I it's everything okay. okay. It's been bothering me for <laughs> I know for it has 30 years. Have, like, for 30 oh years I've been thinking about this. And I went back and I re-listened to it. <laughs> and it says mm -hmm. Before the sun sets on her 16th birthday, she shall prick her finger on the spindle, spindle of a spinning wheel and die. Okay. I think Just this is supposed to be any time before her 16th birthday instead of on her 16th birthday, which makes so much more sense. 
Okay, yeah. Well, when when you said that, it it definitely. But also, like, yeah. I feel like okay, you know how, and I I've been pretty open on the podcast talking about how my husband and I have been dealing with infertility and such for the past four years, and they talk about this family that has been trying for a baby for ages. Like in the original, they have they have tried everything. They've gone to every country they've drank every water they've prayed to every god they can't have a baby and finally they have a baby which also might have a thing to do with maleficent about why she maybe they made a deal with her i don't know oh, maybe they, maleficent can't have a baby no i think they might have like made a deal with her to have a baby maybe maybe that's why she's pissed off that oh. she didn't get answered but, like that that's not something they really talk about but that was another theory but like okay so let's assume that they've been trying to have this baby for like five years like my husband and i and they have a baby mm -hmm. and then they immediately just ship her off yeah like well, they well they gave her the fairies to protect her because yeah they 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 didn't just ship her off they gave her to someone uh, yeah. they didn't ship her off they they gave her to someone to protect her but they didn't get to see their baby for sixteen years yeah that's crazy and like I I kind of sit there I'm like okay so here's the thing few things one if she's gonna fall asleep until true love's kiss. Prick the baby's finger with the spinning wheel and then have her mom kiss her because I guarantee her mom loves her at this point. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's it's a great. It's a short movie. I understand. Yeah, it's a five second movie. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like when people say, why did the Eagles just take him to Mount Doom? Well, there's you a know? reason for that. Um, <laughs> there's actually a reason that I can't remember, but there's a reason. No, I know there is, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But option two, but, um, you raise her around spinning wheels and be like, so, hey, there's a curse. And don't touch this. <laughs> and like raise yeah, your kids they, no, to know about curses. Didn't think, yeah, these old fairy tales didn't think this stuff through, obviously, you know. But they are, you know, the people at the time making them using their imagination and how limited was their worldview at that point, you know? They were probably it was probably all analogy metaphors for their lives for all, you know, being serfs or whatever. Oh, I'm certain it know, is. Just... It just, it broke my heart to think about this couple who had been trying for so long to have this baby and then to have her just be taken away from them immediately. And like the fact that they didn't have another baby in that 16 years tells me a lot about their situation. Yeah. Yeah. That is something to think about. I, I mean, and people wouldn't necessarily think about that unless they were like, you going through it because you don't notice things all the time until you're actively in it. Yeah. And then um, the thing that like actually broke my heart the most about the whole thing was when they're planning mm -hmm. the, her coming back and uh, King, um, uh, I'm sorry, Philip's dad, I keep forgetting his name. He's like, we'll get the carvers on the Royal cradle, making a Royal cradle tonight. And I was like, how dare you? Like, this family tried for years to have a baby. They had one child, and you're just assuming that your your son's going to knock her up immediately? That is completely the worst thing to say to this family. Yeah, yeah. They weren't thinking that through. But that might have been why it was unpopular. It was such a strong message to women on so many fronts. It really was. You know? Like, it is sad for me to think about it because it is so pretty. And it's like... 
this illuminated manuscript version of a cartoon. And I think it's so unfortunate that it was unpopular. And the animation, it's some of my favorite animation because it has some of that old classic, like the angles, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's got, it's got definitely up to this point, it's got the most unique um, animation style that they had done yet. Um, yeah. And it's got it was like, way more story in it. And it almost, it almost was like uh, the book in Sleeping Beauty, the fairy tale book was almost like a nod to Sleeping Beauty's animation. You know, it was that same, like, very tight angle, you know. No, I think that that was based on the unicorn tapestries, um, which are are from the 14th century. And um, they didn't have perspective a lot. Unicorn in captivity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that was kind of like Sleeping Beauty a little bit, like unicorn in captivity. Mm -hmm. Oh, I never thought about that. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I mean. I'm sorry. I, I don't no, that's a great concept. I love that. Whew. Yeah, I love. I love the cloisters in New York City. Oh, you know the Dark Ages, mm-hmm. Middle Ages museum. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. So medieval. Yeah. So the, yeah, one of the animators had stopped in there and was like, "Hey, look at these," and brought back re- rep- replicas of the of the unicorn tapestries, all seven and. And Disney was like, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. Do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Did Disney like Sleeping Beauty? I think he did until the results came out. Like, I think he really loved making it. He was really in it. And this was the last animated film that he was, like, super into making. Like, after this, he kind of was like, eh, animation might be dying. Um and you can kind of see that yeah. in, uh, as as we trickle down toward the the Bronze Age of of uh, Disney. But um, if you think about it, between Sleeping Beauty and The Little Mermaid, there are no fairy tales. There are no princess movies because he decided that the public is telling him they didn't want anymore. Ah, okay. I actually kind of think it broke his spirit. Mm. You know, and there is a of somberness again i stared at that plaque i don't know where the plaque is i have to find it because i i don't know if i want to hang it up again but um i think it's on top of my dresser but that plaque was always so somber because she was alone and i grew up with depression so you know she gave me hope but i also was melancholy when i looked at it because i was alone looking at the lake and singing the tchaikovsky you know yeah I can I can see that. I I can understand how she would seem super I mean she was alone and like she talks about yeah. to the animals that she's never seen another person and she's just dreamed about other people and that is wow. yeah. so deeply sad and that's why when you say like Philip didn't do anything like Philip was way involved in this movie. He was going to go off and marry the peasant girl that he met down in the gully. And because he did that, he got captured and actually managed to save everyone. Um, well, Philip met her when she was a baby, I thought. Well, I mean, he saw his infant bride in a cradle once. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, like, <laughs> there's also a concept of he might be 10 years old in that scene. I don't know. Which is yeah. I mean, super middle yeah, ages. He's like 30 and she's like 16 or, you know. Yeah. And it's a little creepy. A little creepy. But, I mean, 
it was the 14th century, so true. We're gonna give that to them. But I mean, like he was super. <laughs> he was like, no, I'm not gonna marry this girl I've never met, Dad. I'm gonna marry this girl that I met and I fell in love with 10 minutes ago and I've never met before. But that's not the point. <laughs> But, you know, that's also the flip, too. It's the guy doing the whole, you just met him. You can't marry him. You know? Yeah. And that's cool, too. Yeah. And, and, and really, for the 40s, it was really progressive. This was the 60s. 60s. Oh, whoops. No. Yeah, you're right. 1959. Something. 59 okay yeah so it was it was it was almost the 60s we were we were starting to recognize that like women could do things because world war ii was over and uh they were actually going hey you know what we liked leaving the house once in a while um and and i think this was like a nod from the disney animators to say yeah women can do this but philip was he he actually existed in this movie whereas like the other two princes yeah yeah I always thought Philip was cute. I never thought the other princes were cute. You never get to see the other princes for like more than 10 seconds. Like, oh, that's Prince. Bye. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure people complain like women in Disney's life might have said something like his wife. Like, hey, you know, I wondered. I would love to hear about how his daughters uh, influenced his decisions on these princesses and stuff. Like, I know that he acquired... Um, Mary Poppins because his daughters loved him reading Mary Poppins to them and that's cool um, like they begged him to make Mary Poppins they thought they were going to make Mary Poppins cartoons but um, he had two daughters um, they had one biological daughter and one adopted daughter but in everything that he's written it was like my daughters which is beautiful yeah. um, and it's the way you should yeah. be acting like it's one of those things people are like well that's how you should be treating adopted children i'm like yes i acknowledge that's how you should be but i'm not saying that's not how it was yeah. so i think Harper it's great Marx adopted like eight kids harpo marx is one of my heroes wow that's and a lot of kids spent their... yeah yeah he <laughs> a has lot a, of kids adopted kids yeah he was the first angelina jolie maleficent <laughs> full circle but I did want to say something about, uh, I did want to give a little fun fact because it's my favorite book in all the land. And it was described in the 70s as a hot fairy tale when it came out because it was 1972. That's how they used hot. Um, the Princess Bride mm -hmm. was written when William Goldman asked his two daughters, what do they want him to write about? And one said princesses and the other said brides. Aww. Even though in the beginning of the book, there's a fake story about. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. How cute is that? And oh then Richard God. Adams wrote Watership Down because his kids, they were driving through the country and looking at the rabbits, you know? So kids rule the world. Yeah. Essentially. Doing things for mm -hmm. your kids is like, is the way that you know you're doing something right, probably. Yeah. Like if you sit down and be like, how would my kid feel about doing this thing? If they'd like it, probably going to make the world a better place. Yeah, exactly. Unless your kid is Hitler. Adorable. Which is a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, uh, don't get me started on uh, how um, Clara, you know, the whole reason, one of the main reasons Hitler did what he did is because his only, the only love of his life was his mom and she died early and then he was, you know. Yeah. Anyway, 
We won't go down that. No, 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 no. Again. <laughs> Just gonna again with nope. the Wagner and the anti-Semitism. Yeah, yeah, nope. And that oh, comes right back. Myth that Disney was an anti-Semite. That's a myth, right? Um, from what I can tell, maybe like I've heard that uh I should check my receipts on that. Um, but I can't find the receipts, so we're no, gonna do fine. a he was a man in the nineteen in the early nineteen hundreds, so <laughs> there was probably some stuff going on there, but mm. I don't know how much. Someone's gonna at me with the receipts, and that's fine. I'm all for learning. If you guys have learned anything from me, it's that I'm totally willing to just, you know, trash on things I love. Um but I will say, like, you, you brought it up. There's nothing wrong with this movie. There's there's nothing that you can watch in this movie and go, well, uh, mm, that's that's not Great. cool, Disney. That's not no. cool. Like, because it's modern. It's modern, like, independent woman magic. You know, it, it's timeless. It's truly timeless so far. So far. Yeah, I sent my my best friend a message. I was like, I can't find an oof moment in Sleeping Beauty. And she was like, well, he kisses her out without permission. I was like, but then she would have stayed asleep forever. Like, that's the worst part about this movie is that the, the curse is like, doesn't have consent. consent. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's why it's so funny in Shrek with the whole true love's kiss thing. Mm -hmm. That was from Sleeping Beauty. And see all these movies after it kind of steal from Sleeping Beauty. You know, Sleeping Beauty was the proto-feminist Disney she she really did and and the the fairies took absolutely no guff oh no oh the sass the fairy sass mothers oh I my gosh them. they're hilarious they're and meriwether meriwether's the best i i like you and i can fight over this but oh. meriwether is the best one <laughs> she's like i'm getting the wand y'all can't sew or cook i'm out <laughs> <laughs> all i know is like i I don't know. I just love looking at them. I love their colors and I love that the dresses kept changing colors and I just have nothing but good memories of the the fairy sass mothers. To say though like and I, you need yeah. to go back and watch that cottage scene before they get the wands out because it is the most stressful scene in any movie yeah, of watching I have to watch it. Again. Like okay, so have you watched Shit's Creek? I just started. Actually. Oh, so you I haven't just, gotten to the folding yeah. in the cheese um, saga? No, no, okay. I just started so first season. There's this whole thing about, and then you fold in the cheese. Well, how do you fold in the cheese? You just fold it in. And I'm not going to go in further than that. But I watched Fauna fold eggs into cake batter, like whole eggs. And then she folded the cake batter around it. I was like... The producers from Shit's Creek watched Sleeping Beauty and were like, you know what we could do? Fold <laughs> <laughs> in the eggs. And I was just like, and then like they give up and Fawn is just like telling the ingredients, just read the cooking book yourself. I, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, awesome. I guess Meriwether was the one who was cooking the whole time because neither of them had ever cooked or sewn anything. And she's like, you guys don't know how to do any of this, but I do. But I'm not doing it. Okay. Um, you have Mary Weather who has clearly done everything for these people. And then there's like, ah, we're going to do it ourselves. But uh, yeah, I, d I agree with you. I think this is absolutely the most feminist movie that they had released to that point. And that might have been why it didn't work so great. Um, and that's a shame if, if you think about it too hard, which I try not to when my childhood gets damaged. Um, 
but it's sad. But, you know, we're totally about talking about the feminist themes for different shows. So that's why we became friends. And that's why we're doing a podcast together in the new year. Yay. I can't wait. I can't um, you know, it's funny. I never, I never really thought of myself as a feminist. Uh, until I started podcasting and then everyone started calling me one. I'm like, wait, am I? And then you and I have had conversations about it. And now, you know, it's nice that all these women-led um, podcasts are coming up and everyone's doing feminism in their own way. And we're like, we're nerds. We're going to nerd feminist. <laughs> A nerd feminist. That's the way to do it. And um, yeah, we, we actually uh, we're doing uh, an intro episode where we kind of get to know each other. And uh, that will be the first one that's released uh, come the new year. And it it will talk about a little bit about why feminism isn't a dirty word. And um, so, again, I want to encourage anyone who has enjoyed this conversation to uh, go find Live Long and Prosper uh, on your favorite podcatcher uh we also have a twitter at l l a p h e r that you can follow so that when we actually have uh live episodes you'll be notified uh but in the meantime mixie i want to mixie i want to say thank you for coming and talking to me about your favorite disney movie and um all of its unique little quirks well thank you jen i i i definitely enjoyed our conversation and it was so nice to talk about Sleeping Beauty because she's like, you know, it's the closest Disney movie to my heart. Beautiful movie. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, it, it. I'm glad it, it withstood the test of time and cancel culture now. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and you heard it here first, folks. Maleficent is a dragon, not a fairy. Guest episodes, when available, will drop into your feed on Thursdays after the main episode about that movie is scheduled. Make sure you don't miss a single guest episode by hitting the subscribe button on wherever you're getting your podcasts right now. You can also get updates by following me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the username OofMyChildhood. A transcript of this episode will be available on my website, and if you check my YouTube channel, you'll find captioned videos. I do my best to provide a transcript and video as soon as this episode is published, but if this one isn't available yet, check my website for updates and a link to the appropriate video. My theme music was composed and played by Sean Rudolph of Let Music Be. For more information on that studio, you can visit their website at letmusic.be or visit my website for an easy link. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you come back each week to discuss Disney Through Modern Eyes. And while you're at it, if you're enjoying yourself, please let your friends know about me. I'd also appreciate a rating and review wherever you're listening to the show. This podcast was recorded with the help of the Craig Chatbot and edited by me. I release a new regular episode every Monday through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many, many other podcatchers. So until next time, keep the magic alive. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.